so when we finished most western part of the park it was about mile nine or so i had an emergency ice cream craving <laughs> really bad <laughs> I, I i started saying i want to have ice cream where's my ice cream let me go get my ice cream <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah um Definitely ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, like I've had on, on long runs, like when I f did my first marathon, I had like, I'd get to like mile 20 and I could just start like imagining cheesecake, like blueberry cheesecake. <laughs> and I wonder if it has something to do when your sugar level gets, starts to get low, you just start craving, you think of your favorite sugar food just comes, you, that's all you want. Is your, I wonder if it has something to do with that. It seems like it. <laughs> Probably rich in protein too, so I think that can be justified. <laughs> Is that REO Speedwagon taking it on the run there? This sounds like it belongs on my other podcast, the 70s versus the 80s. But no, no, you got the right podcast, folks. I, I know we've been away for a while, but this is Twin Towns Trail Talk, the podcast about the trails in the Twin Cities in Minnesota and the crazy people that love them. And I know I've been away for a while. After that last episode uh, we had with Pete Steengard about the uh, the dam ride, the day across Minnesota, I go, well, this is great. Uh, and feel free to listen to that, but I, I think everybody has. That's, that's had a ton of listens, and I really appreciate it. But if you're one of the few that hasn't listened to that or, or our other podcasts, go back and listen to them. But after that podcast, I was really inspired. I'm like, here we go. Now we can cover races and rides and uh, events and and I was all excited to go and I had some lined up for some podcast and I had and they got canceled because another wave of COVID came back as you all know and then I had a Thanksgiving run morning run I was going to cover and that got canceled and I did have some friends running some ride or they were going to run in some races and uh, they canceled because of that so it's been a little break between episodes here and I apologize for that I was a little down with all the COVID news as we all are. But then I saw a story that really inspired me. That's when I saw a story by Akiko Nakamura. Now she, she had a story where she was going for the FKT, the fastest known time on a 16 mile course at Lebanon Hills. And you know, Lebanon Hills is important to this uh, podcast. We, we're going to mention that a lot as the podcast go on. It's just a, uh, one of the best uh, running, and there's a mountain bike park to it, running and hiking trails in um, the south central suburbs right next to the Minnesota Zoo there. 
And so when I saw this story where she she wasn't a very accomplished runner, she hadn't run farther than a half marathon, which which is very accomplished, but she was doing the taking on this 16 mile course with uh, John Weeks, who was uh, as you remember was one of the first guests on this podcast. So I got her in to speak about it and speak about her history with running and how she overcame a tragedy in her life, as we often like to talk about on this podcast is persevering over something and that's really great so it's going to be a great talk but before we get to that I just wanted you know I love my my book right running book reviews and I just read the book um, can't hurt me master your mind and defy the odds by David Goggins now David Goggins is an ultra runner and I don't know if he's that well known in the He's not in the usual circles of the ultra runners. I don't know if everybody knows who he is, but he is a former Navy SEAL. Um, and this book, it starts out with his terrible, terrible childhood and how he overcomes that. His dad was just a bear. Um, it's kind of interesting. His dad like knew Rick James. I'm a big Rick James fan, obviously. Um, his dad knew Rick James when he when uh, David was six or seven years old. He used to talk to Rick James and, and uh, Sister Sledge, which is crazy. But his dad was very abusive. He had to run away with his mom from Buffalo, New York, and they they end up in Ohio. And it, he just goes into that um, how they were just living on hardly any money per week, and then he um, he balloons up to 210 pounds and he's one of those cockroach guys where he's spraying for cockroaches and then he sees a tv show on the navy seals he has like one month to lose lose like almost 100 pounds or is it, he has two months i think to lose the 100 pounds and he has to pass the entrance exam and and he so he's studying so he just studies without trying to lose because he knows if he doesn't study so anyways he loses the weight and he and he passes the exam goes into the Navy SEALs, goes where they have to do the hell week, where they have to stay awake for five straight days, where basically they're in the water. And like he describes it, he says, basically they teach you to be afraid of the water. He's where you're in the ocean almost the whole time without any sleep and you're, you're freezing cold the whole time. He has to go through that three times. Most people drop out of it, you know, on Wednesday, the third day. He gets all five days, injures his knee, they make him go through it all again. So he goes through it a second time and still kind of injured. Makes it all through all five days there. Um, and then he and then he gets injured again later, about a week later. So he ends up going through it a third time. This time he gets all the way through it. And it's interesting. And then he goes on to become an army. That's not satisfying enough for him. So he goes on to be an army ranger. And then I forgot that this was a he's an ultra runner. By the time we get to his running career, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's about running. Um so crazy he does the 20 he wants to do the bad water 135 mile race even though he's not a runner at this point he has never trained and they they don't let him they won't let him in unless he does an ultra marathon so he has two weeks he goes and does the one in san diego where you do the i think it's called the the bad 24 hours or whatever where you have 24 hours to do a one mile loop 100 miles and he's never run farther than a mile. You know, he's doing mile sprints. He's not, that's his longest run. He goes and completes the 100-mile race like that, even though he knew he was done at 50 miles. He just keeps going. And then two weeks, and then he doesn't, he stops running because he's sore from this 100-mile race. And then two weeks later, he enters 
the Las Vegas Marathon to walk with his mom and his wife. He ends up, the gun opening gun goes off, he takes off running, he gets so excited, and he qualifies for the Boston Marathon, even though he's never trained for a marathon at this point. So it just keeps, it's called uh, Master Your Mind. It's mostly, it gives a lot of good hints about that. It's really a lot of good mind stuff. He's just the toughest man alive, um, or he calls himself the hardest man alive. This book, I, I did the audio version because they do it like in a podcast format. Imagine me being interested in that. And they do it kind of like a podcast where him and the writer, co-writer, are talking back and forth. And I really enjoyed that. You can get a, a be forewarned if you don't like four-letter words. They do have another version. And I bet you this version is like three hours shorter because they cut out the four-letter words. And, um, and I would suggest you check them out on Instagram. It's David Goggins. And again, if you don't like the four-letter words, uh, maybe don't check him out on Instagram because he just he, he yells the F word at you repeatedly. And he's just quite a character. And I really love this book, and I can't say enough stuff about good stuff about it. So David Goggins, he's on a lot of the big Joe Rogan. He's on a lot of the big podcasts and such. Um, and that's kind of, kind of the reason I started this little podcast is because we have interesting people all around us that will never be on these big podcasts. And I have another one today in Akiko. And she's, she's such a sweetie. She was really uh, worried that uh, her accent was going to be a problem. And she just did amazing. She was amazing. And I know you will be just as charmed by her as I was. And then, so we're going to talk to her right now. And I just want to remind everybody to stay after the interview. I'm going to give uh, news about a, a run I'm organizing that involves the podcast. And it's a run that we can all be involved in. So just hang on for news at that at the end of the podcast. And uh, here, I hope you enjoy this uh, segment with uh, Akiko as much as I did. Thank you. Oh, so Akiko, I just wanted to thank you for joining me here today. H how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you, Mike, for having me today. No, it's going to be fun. No problem. No problem. I was going to ask you, um, so have you re fully recovered from your, your run late yet? Yes. Um, I did a 100-kilometer bike ride just two weeks before my run. And I did not really take break or not even easy days. I just resumed running right after that. And that was a mistake. So I was always sluggish. I never recovered from my bike ride. So I learned from that experience. So I took a few easy days after the run and I feel great. Well, that, okay. So this is news to me. Tell me a little more about this bike ride. So you did a hundred kilometer bike ride. Um, where was that yes. at? Where was that at? Uh, that was just two weeks before uh, this running attempt. Um, I biked with my bike friends, uh, started from downtown St. Paul. Uh, we took uh, all the way to uh, Coon Rapids, I think. So from St. Paul, wow. And, yes. So it was out on the back route um, along the river, so that was fun and Great day to bike. Yeah, and St. Paul is really getting some great bike trails now. I mean, I get lost down there. They have so many bike trails now. It's just crazy. Yeah, that was a great day to bike. <laughs> okay. So, see, I'm learning stuff already. I didn't know you were into biking. So that's, uh, and we had a, I don't know if you listened to our last episode. We had a big biking episode last episode. So 
that was pretty cool. Yeah, co congratulations on your beautiful work. You've, you've been doing great work. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we've, people are responding well, so I'm, I'm really happy with that. I just I just want to get everybody together into a into a community that we can speak to each other, and and that's kind of what we're doing here today. And so, like, so while the run we were talking about, you you attempted a, an FKT, a, a fastest known time at Lebanon Hills. And um, so, so just kind of talk about that. What what kind of led into that? Deciding to do that. Sure. sure. So to begin with some background, um, I am currently training to ram my first full marathon at Grandma's next year, 2021, in person, hopefully. And wanted something challenging to wrap up and commemorate um, this odd year called 2020. And just as I mentioned, I did my first 100 kilometer bike ride just uh, two weeks before this running attempt. And it was so exciting and fulfilling. So I wanted to do the same thing for running. And um, this FKT route was 60 miles long and I had never ran more than a half marathon distance before. And 16 sounds challenging enough, but not overwhelming. So I found it a perfect challenge, challenge to give a try. And it was basically a piggyback of John Wick's idea. And as we all know, he's a great water runner and knows literally everything about Lebanon Hills. So he has, he has designed this FKT route so well. It's easy to follow with all the route markers and more importantly, not on the horse trail uh, that runners could get tickets if they don't carry a permit. And I had a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, it's great. You mentioned John Weeks. He was on our very first episode of this podcast and that was a great episode. And you're right. He knows Lebanon Hills and he knows, like we said in that episode, he knows everything about routes and stuff. So now was it just you and him or who else did anybody else go with you? Or You know, the attempt, if, if I could share my experience with a lot more runners, it would have been great, but it was a, just a day after the, gov the, the governor's executive order was in place that ah. uh, we can run in a group. And I thought, you know, it's, it would be great if I can run with more runners, but it was just John and myself, just because of the situation. Just because, yeah, the, the COVID summer that never ends that we keep having here. For, yep, that makes sense. So. <laughs> We had a lot of fun, so that's the most important part. Yeah, you guys posted some great pictures, and I, I'll have to probably post a picture of the route so people kind of know what we're talking about because I know John was pretty diligent about explaining it and stuff. So it was Lebanon Hills. Okay, so what? So lead me into it. So what, what time of day did you start running at? We started on Saturday at 8 a.m. So it was after some rides and it's early enough so it won't warm up yet 
so the the path wouldn't be too muddy so and it worked perfect oh great great now what what trailhead did you start at so we started from south lake okay and gone through jensen lake crossed uh, pilot knob went to the uh, west part of jensen lake and we crossed a uh, John, Johnny Cakes, and then we went to uh, mountain bike and ski path, and then came all the way back through. Wow, yeah, and that uh, west of Johnny Cake there, um, the mountain bike trail, a lot of people might, you know, there's a, of course, there's a, a hiking, run, running trail there also, and uh, I don't know if most people are familiar with that part of the trail, because it's a little bit removed from the main part of the trail, and that's what'd you think about that that's pretty hilly isn't it it's like going up and down staircases the whole time they're short hills but there's so many of them it's like i think it's like going up and down staircases it's like... right <laughs> exactly actually that was my first time being on the first western side of the park i didn't even know the park stretches that far west so um it was about two mile loop i believe and just before we get started, John has warned, this is going to be only two miles, but this should be the longest two miles you, you've ever run. <laughs> so, yes, John, thank, thanks, John. He was absolutely right. I couldn't believe it was only two miles. So many ups and downs, very <laughs> technical terrain. It was fun, but for sure, he was not lying. It was challenging. <laughs> And I, yeah, I recommend recommend to our listeners that have never been on that part of the trail to check it out because um, there's one section of the trail I like where you you're out in the deep woods and you look and you you might not have noticed it, but there's like a 20 foot chain link fence and it reminds me of Jurassic Park because you're in the woods and then you go, oh, that's the border of the Minnesota Zoo because <laughs> it looks yeah, like Jurassic Park right me. there with that fence. Oh, and then, um, yeah, and it's, it's really hilly and really rocky. And I guess... Uh, the plans in the future, they're going to put a little pedestrian bridge across uh, Johnny Cake. I, I think there's, when I talked to them, they said they still might be 10 years away from doing it, but they're going to put a pedestrian bridge so you can cross without having to cross Johnny Cake there. Much like the zoo has, if anybody's seen that bike uh, bridge by the zoo, it's going to look like that. So That's exciting. Yeah, so that's something to look forward to. Okay, so you did you did the yeah, I'm going to say if you did 16 miles, you pretty much squeezed out every inch of uh of Lebanon Hills basically, right? I mean, pretty much did the whole every route you can do almost out there. I guess so because we even went through campground and we did not take the same route out and back. So, yes, pretty much we covered a very good uh, chunk of the the trails. Okay. So how so now you were going for the was there an official FKT for that or were you trying to set a new one or what was the deal with that? I think we could do that. I, I believe that we meets all the requirements of FKT and because runners um, from Lifetime Egan should adore the park and people should give it a try. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, Lebanon Hills. I mean, you said it. That's that's one of the best uh, running or hiking or uh, and then the mountain biking section too. It's just it's just a beautiful park and it's uh, right by the Minnesota Zoo, right in the middle of the South Metro there. 
um, yeah, it's just beautiful. And, and like you said, Lifetime Fitness does a run out of there once a week. We're back when we in the days when we had runs before the COVID shut down. So, um, okay, so you guys are going for the FKT now. Did you, were you able to succeed and get it, or or not this time, or what? I don't even know. <laughs> yes. So the whole distance was sixteen miles, and. Uh, I wasn't really sure if I would be able to do that because my uh, weekend long run for the past few weeks would have been probably seven miles or so. So I haven't really ran two digit miles in a while, but we did it. <laughs> good for you. And it's good to help have John with you because he's always got a good good attitude too. I think that helps a lot too. <laughs> Okay. So, so like now, what are your, do you have any other future plans with that? I know COVID's going on. You said you have the, you're talking about doing grandma's. Is that your next big run or do you have anything planned before that? Any bike rides planned before that? Just for now, um, I've officially signed up for grandma's 2021 and that's, that's the only race I've signed up for so far yet. And that's going to be your first attempt at a marathon, correct? Uh, first attempt. Uh, technically, it's going to be my second second attempt because I meant to run Grandma's Pool this year, and I signed up for the race right when the registration started um, October first last year, not knowing what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it went to virtual, and I thought, hmm. Okay, well, I was hoping my first full marathon to be in-person, real event. So sure. I really thank the organizing committee still holding the, the event. Uh, but I just thought, probably I just want to save my attempt to the real one in the future. So I switched to half instead. So I ran half virtual. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. Cause yeah, you want your, your first marathon to be something special with all the people cheering you on at the finish line and the whole way. And yeah, I don't blame you at sure. all. Yeah. And, uh, so, so yeah, so this will, I think this still qualifies as your first attempt because you didn't, it's not like you uh, started and quit halfway through you or something. <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. <laughs> so how, how did you get first get into running and like how, how long ago was that? And kind of let's go backwards here and talk about that um i would say it's about 12 years ago or so and uh growing up um as a kid i enjoyed alpine skiing and playing softball at grade school and i played tennis in school teams at middle and high school and I took a break while at college. And when I was at grad school, I was under so much stress because I had to juggle my coursework, my TA work, my own research and thesis work. And I was also a research assistant for USDA. So I was in desperate need of some good solutions. And I found myself hardly involved with any physical activities since high school. So I wanted to do something. 
but just like other grad students, I was short of money and time. So I needed to find an activity that needs minimum investment um, that I can do anytime, anywhere, regardless if I'm with somebody else or just myself. And I just couldn't think of anything but running. But I was, I was really skeptical with that idea because I was never a runner. And I still remember when, I still remember I was always the worst runner in my class. Uh, there are about 60 girls, I believe, in my class at my grade school. And I was the worst runner in a long run event at track and field day. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, I'm serious, I'm not joking. I'm not trying to make my story special <laughs> or interesting. I was the worst of 60 girls. And so because of that, um, I was skeptical. And, but I just gave it a try just just because I couldn't think of anything but running. Yeah. And um, I don't really remember how far I was able to go in my first attempt, but probably at most, um, I don't know, five minutes or so. That sounds and, typical, yeah. <laughs> and yes, I, I sucked at it. Um, I don't know if suck, the word suck is good or not, but, um, sure. but it, but it wasn't too bad. Um, at least I didn't hate it as I did at grad, at grade school. So that's, that's how I started. Yeah. And yeah. And I think you said a lot of universal stuff there, like, uh, running has a low, uh, entrance you know that you just need running shoes or whatever you know that you don't need to buy all this equipment and when you're pressed for time you can you can just go out and run by yourself or or you can run with others when you find a running group so you have that option too and um and then something else yeah i think a lot of people hated running when they're younger and then they're afraid to take it up again but um i think when you're older you have more patience for it especially when you realize that first mile is really going to suck and, and it never feels good in that first mile but if you can break through that it, it usually feels better and you know you can stick with it and stuff how are you going to plan for grandmas are you going to are you going to do some group training or are you going to take up your own program and train by yourself or do you know right right so this year when I was still planning to rank grandmas, uh, Lisa KG and her, and her team had beautifully prescribed the training plan that started in late February, I believe. And she gave me all the training plan right before the shutdown. So I um, am hoping the situation gets better uh, by February or so, so then we can do the training together. So I really hope that happens. Yeah, me too. That would be, that would be great. Yeah, I was toying with the idea of joining of doing grandmas too, but like I I've always trained for my marathons mostly by myself, and I really wanted to do the group training like you were talking about, 
And um, so I hope if, if that comes online where we can get together in groups again, then maybe, sure. maybe I'll, maybe I'll start training. We'll see. <laughs> Cause I'm definitely planning on doing twin cities. Um, nice. That's super exciting. Yeah. 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 I haven't done it. I did it like five or six times, but I haven't done it in like five or six years now it's been. So it'd be great to get back into that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there like when you go on these long runs or long bike rides, is there a certain food you have to have when you get done that you love to spurge on? <laughs> there... uh, sure. So um, when I was running this FKT, um, because running 16 miles was the longest I've had, I have ever tried so far. And um, when we were running the group, Lisa Keiji and her team did a wonderful job supporting their runners. So running 60 miles without good support was a, uh, was a total new challenge for me. And probably at mile nine or so during our run, that was right after we finished the, the West so when we finished most western part of the park, it was about mile nine or so. I had an emergency ice cream craving. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> I, I I started saying, I want to have ice cream. Where's my ice cream? Let me go get my ice cream. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, um, definitely ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, like I've had on, on long runs, like when I did my first marathon, I had like, I'd get to like mile 20 and I could just start like imagining cheesecake, like blueberry cheesecake. <laughs> and I wonder if it has something to do when your sugar level gets, starts to get low, you just start craving, you think of your favorite sugar food just comes, you, that's all you want. Is your, I wonder if it has something to do with that. It seems like it. Probably rich in protein too. So I, I think that can be justified. <laughs> So Kiko, I just wanted to ask you, what is something that you're that you're really grateful for? It doesn't have to be running or anything. Yeah. So maybe a maybe a bit cliche, but I am grateful for everything. So with with this pandemic, I believe we all learned that what we believe we possess right now may not be available tomorrow. By the time we, we wake up tomorrow in the morning, it may be all gone. So that's what really happened to all of us earlier this year. We can't hug our loved ones, or we can't even meet with them in person, <laughs> or we can't even go places without wearing face covering or and more importantly, we can't even run in a group. It's it's really sad. Mm -hmm. But back in the days, I believe we all believed we can do the same thing again and again on definite on indefinite basis. So I believe we should embrace just who who we are, uh, who we are with, where we are right now. And I experienced I experienced a life tragedy a few years ago, 
and I went through a prolonged battle with depression and eating disorder. And it was a long, painful battle. So I was not expecting that would happen in my life. And I thought I have no business with those issues. Maybe just just like most of us, mm -hmm. but it can happen to any of us. And um, it's it's okay. We can all go get professional help, and there's no shame about it. So, yes, the battle itself was very long and painful. Um, but I had a great care team, and I. I, I had great love and support from my family and friends. And as I was recovering, I was okay to resume physical activities. And I sat down and talked to myself. And I told myself, this is a new start. I can do anything I want to do. So I did ski, I played softball, tennis, and running in the past, but options are not limited to them. Just forget about who I was in the past or what I was engaged with in the past. So wh what do I want to do now, right now? And I gave a thought and I, I said, well, I want to run. I, I know I sucked at that and I will suck at it, and probably I can't even I can't even be an average runner. Even I work hard, but I still want to run. So um, that's how I resumed running, and I um, I'm really grateful that um, I am still alive today. I have good enough health to continue what I enjoy doing, running, biking. And and even though I'm not a fast runner, I'm, I can't even run at um, most people can do, but it doesn't really matter. I'm just grateful and embrace who I am right now and what I can do today. Wow, yeah, well said. I like, I like how you put that. That was great, yeah, just like, it's not important about being a fast runner. It's just, just grateful for everything you have. And yeah, like you said, I think friends and family are the most important stuff when it, or the most important things when it comes to stuff like that. And, and um, I'm glad you found you had strong friends and family and I'm glad you found an outlet too. To, I think it's always important to have a, a constructive outlet like physical activity gives us. That's kind of what we talk about on this podcast a lot. So for sure so thanks for sharing that with us that was very insightful um is there a, a person that inspires you or that you can think of yeah um well it's a tough question but i would say um anybody around me no matter if they ran or not um I have wonderful family and friends and they love me and give me so much support. Um, but if I have to lose somebody, um, probably my mom. Okay. Um, she, yeah, she's the best mom 
and she's such a gutsy, tough cookie. <laughs> and she juggled her family time, her career, her hobbies throughout, her, throughout the time. And I know it was quite a challenge and I really appreciate it and her dedication and I admire her. And she has always been my cheerleader and my best friend. And she has introduced me to play softball and she's an avid skier. So um, that's how I started skiing. So I'm really thankful for that. And uh, she has been athletic throughout her life and started running in her late 40s, I believe. And wow. when, yeah. And she had soon become became a, she had soon become a really good runner, and she has completed good, great races, um, and even including a, a couple of ultra distance runs. Wow! And uh, now she's in her early sixties, so she's a she's she's easy easy on herself, but still jogs almost every day. Wow. Oh, yes, definitely. She's my inspiration. Wow. Yeah, that's your mom's always a good choice to go with. And wow, it sounds like she's done some amazing stuff to start so late in life like that. That's really impressive. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to running with her again <laughs> when things are, things are clear. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully someday soon here. huh? So, oh, I know one thing we didn't talk about, like where were you brought uh, brought up? Where were you born and raised and stuff? We can always add that in. Sure. Yes, um, I'm originally from Japan, and I'm from a town called Niigata, and there are so many good ski resorts. So uh, it was a very natural introduction for myself to have avid skiers as my parents, and um, had a early introduction to that sport. Wow, that's great. Yeah, Japan is really doing great in the Winter Olympics lately on skiing and snowboarding. I noticed is sure yeah so wow great and then how old were you when you moved here um so i so i was born and raised in japan and uh moved to the states to go to college okay and in, in minnesota for the past uh soon to be 15 years wow okay so you've been through all the winters and everything. <laughs> so you know what that's it's like. A, it's a great, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good place. Um, yep, peop, definitely people really nice, very welcoming. Um, and I, I love the climate. It's very close to where I grew up back, back in Japan. Okay. And I recently started trying Nordic skiing and there are good trails throughout Metro. So I'm very thankful for finding a new hobby oh that's now you're talking to me that's my that's actually my favorite um like i like to joke like i i trail run the 50 weeks out of the year between the two weeks that are good for nordic skiing because that's that's my real passion but <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm planning on doing a podcast in the future about nordic skiing because I, I i love that yes definitely and we definitely like you said we have good trails and now they're starting to do some some man-made snow trails because we never get to like my joke says, we only get like two good weeks where the snow is really good, but now they're starting to do some man-made snow. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so that wraps up my 
interview with Akiko and I just want to thank her again for um, all her sincerity and just for being brave enough to come on and sp speak about everything as honestly as she did and she, she's just a sweetie and I really adore her for that and um, finally I just have a final I told you I was gonna mention this race I'm or not a race a fun run I'm organizing I what I've been doing lately is running down by the river and I know the river is the most the river bottoms down there is the most traveled trails in the Twin Cities area um, but I've been doing every segment like I've um, one of the group runs I went all the way down to the Bloomington Ferry side on the west end which is I usually don't go that far west and that was beautiful and then the other and then I've crossed the new 35w bridge has been open for about a month now so I did the loop from Cedar Bridge to 35w bridge going on the north side of the river and then I crossed the 35w bridge and came back on the south side of the river which is is all paved now basically down by black dog and stuff so what I want to do is do a run because I don't think a lot of people know, I don't think everybody knows that there's a beautiful catwalk that goes under the Cedar Bridge. Everybody drives over that bridge. But did you know there's a pedestrian catwalk under it? I don't think everybody knows that. I don't think everybody knows that the uh, old Cedar Bridge has been open for the better part of a decade now to uh, pedestrian bikes and walking and running, um, you know, because it was closed for 30 some odd years before that. Um, I don't think everybody knows that the 35W bridge has, now has a bike path on it. Um, and it's, okay, it's not as beautiful as the, uh, the Cedar Bridge, but it's, uh, it's, it's new, it's brand new, and it's traffic-free for you to bike or run across. And um, so to bring awareness to that, because I, I think it's a really good area where people can go. Like I said, you can run from uh, the Bloomington Ferry Bridge and um, I've run as far east as Sibley, the Sibley House after the Mendota Bridge and after the 494 Bridge. And you can go to the Sibley um, House and then you can jump on the paved Big Rivers bike path there and go to the 35E Bridge. And you can go down lower, if you want to stay on the pavement, you can go down Lower Town and you can go to the High Bridge, the Wabasha Bridge, the 35E Bridge. I don't know if you can make it all the way to 52. I gotta go test that segment out. I get kind of lost on there. I know you can go to CHS Field pretty easily on bike paths. And so I wanna organize this run that shows that, you know, with COVID going on, you can go out and be in the open space, be away from other people. And I just wanna make people aware of this, of all these routes down here. And so I wanna run the whole thing. And I thought a nice cemetery I don't want to do the whole thing. I was thinking a nice cemetery since this is called Twin Towns Trail Talk. I thought if we ran from the ran across the 35W bridge and then ran down to the 35E bridge because you know 35W is makes you think Minneapolis all the way. 35E makes me think St. Paul all the way. So I think that'd be a nice cemetery for the Twin Towns Trail Talk uh, first run here. And um, and I know I got some like uh, some of the my cohorts like. Uh, I'm thinking Troy, Tim, uh, Lauren. Don't uh, don't make me say your last names here on the podcast, but I will. Um, I, I think they'll be interested. Pretty sure they'll be interested in going with me. And I'd like to get you, the listeners, a bunch of listeners. Now we're still under COVID times right now, so it, I think this first one will be a smaller group. But if we get enough of us, it would be nice because I think we could 
uh, you know, everybody spread, everybody go to their own running speed, you'll get into their own group, you know, the people that run the same speed as you, so that way nobody ends up running alone. And I, so I think that would be good, you know, we'll be in waves. And um, so I do a small run this, uh, this hopefully, maybe if it stays in the 40s, we can do it this December. And then I'm thinking about doing the official one with, a, you know, hopefully this COVID thing will be lifted. And uh, we can do it in the late spring, perhaps, do with a bunch of listeners. So that's just what kind of what I'm thinking about, and uh, we're gonna make a I'm gonna make a podcast out of it because that's kind of what I wanted this podcast to be. I wanted to do some, uh, you know, around the finish lines of runs. But since we haven't done this, I'm gonna take this actually on the trail and do interviews as we're doing the run and cover some audio segments on the run. So that's something I'll, I will be posting details about that, and hopefully a bunch of you can join us there. And that would be great. And let me know if you know a better route that I haven't mentioned. So I'd like to thank everybody to listening to another episode of Twin Towns Trail Talk. I should have another episode in about a month. I'm going to try to keep uh, an episode a month back on, get back on strategy like that again. So thank you very much. And uh, we'll take you out with a little lifter polar as usual. Thank you.